So, what is it? So, what is it? So, what is it? The Red Wolf Podcast! Well, hello, hello, and welcome to So What Is It? A Red Dwarf Podcast! That was remarkably in time, and there's a reason for that, because because of easing restrictions, three of us have managed to get into the same room. (laughs) Matty's run away somewhere else, but um, three of us have managed to get together. We do have Matty here, just still on video, so we don't know what this episode's going to be like, really, because usually we can insult each other, there's no fists flying or anything, but we may have to be careful tonight, guys. Yeah, so be careful, I be don't very know, careful. Especially as I'm sitting next to uh, Matt, and he's usually the one who gets the most upset, so... <laughs> bearing in mind, bearing in mind. You should have done a seating plan. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but we're here and talk- I can't get to anyone because I'm in Cardiff. Exactly. So, um, But we're here to talk about gun of the Apocalypse, the award-winning Gunman of the Apocalypse, because I'm sure, fact of the week, that... <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I haven't got the button! No, this won an international Emmy for popular arts or something like that, so... Really? Yeah, best yeah, comedy. Yeah, well, best comedy, popular arts, I looked it up, which one, I knew it won one. Um, anyway, I don't think that I have any bearing on what we thought about it, but I guess... We will see. Um, it's a fun one. I thought it was a fun one. Matt, what do you think? I think definitely it was a fun one. Uh, Dan? I want to know who voted for that award. <laughs> oh, honestly, all dissension I, in the ranks. I, I come to this one less plussed than I think about anything for a very long time. Any particular really? reason? We've talked a lot about how, oh, they did that again. They did it really well. It felt like this one had eaten itself. I don't think I felt that about it. Matty, what about you? Have you actually watched it? I know you've been busy. Um, Shall we say this may be a bit of a white hole for me? <gasps> That's the, what, the best episode ever. That was last week, wasn't it? <laughs> um, we, co- we went... I, no, I'm not going to say it. it wasn't as bad as White Hole, but it was... <laughs> it was... Although it was listening still... back, the one I edited today was Demons and Angels, and you said that was your favourite episode ever. I'd forgotten all about that little quirk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I keep getting great episodes, and then we get this one. Um, it was... No, don't get me wrong. This episode, it was good. It was enjoyable. It's just, it, for me, it felt a bit like it was a bit lost. I thought it was fairly solid. I have to say, this one won the award, and... For years and years, it was never particularly my most loved one from even this series. I don't think. Still, a lot of good stuff in it. So let's 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 be positive. Dan, come on, let's do the rounds. We'll start with you, as you're the sourpuss today. Give us something good from your short notes that you've got there. Do you know what I? I I've said what I've said, and I stand by it. But I did write down quite a few good lines because I think there were quite a few good lines. Um, I'm uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, uh, there's been a bit of a cock up in the bravado department. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, it made me think of Reggie Perrin a little bit. That one. I don't know if you ever watched yeah. Reggie Perrin. Um, Matty, what about you? Do you know what? There wasn't a stand-up line as much for me in this one. Is there? Nothing right, I'm going really to come back to you. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I was going to leave Matt out till last, but I'm going to go to him first, and you can go last now. <laughs> All right. There's lines in there that are good. It's not that bad. Um, I think it's Rimmer with um, 
Watch me. I know, guys, I know how to speak cowboy. And then to the barmaid, dry white wine and Perrier, please. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I enjoyed that one a lot. Um, I think I enjoyed the uh, Taco Dal and the Vindaluvian people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Curry watch. Curry watch uh, out of the way early there, definitely. I am Taco Dal, an ambassador of the great Vindaluvian Empire. <laughs> Matty, what have you got? I'm sorry to leave us your last, but what have you got for us? Well, funny enough, mine was the one that Matt said was the dry white wine and perrier, please. Oh, just you know, I've got another one. Well, you're supposed to choose another one in that no, situation. No, no, no. <laughs> Look, I think we've all got something to bring to this discussion, but I think from now on, the thing you should bring is silence. Yeah, give me two fingers of your best sipping liqueur, Miss Lola, and make it the smooth stuff. The stuff where you get your ice out back after two days, guaranteed. <laughs> well, that, that, that was one of the poor lines, wasn't it, Dan? Was that? Was that I thought that. Crichton as the uh, as the as the fairly hopeless sheriff was probably a standout for me actually. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I actually I feel the opposite. I think it was okay. all right. He was put in there and then just did his stuff. Apart from there's something familiar about you too. I get a name. Smee. Smeghead. That's it. He remembers me. Yes. Of course. That was there. But he's sort of like. The bit where he fake tripped in the saloon was dreadful. It was really poor. Where, where he, found that, but I, I'm, you know, I was struggling to find things wrong with this episode because I really liked it. But I, 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 I do have a few things which we will come to. Richard, yeah, I've, I've got one or two. I've got yeah. one or two to mention. But I mean, I, again, I, I don't know if there was. There were quite a few. Well, let's have a look from the beginning, should we? I, I thought it was quite a nice setup. I enjoyed that beginning scene in the. Uh, well, they call it AR, but in the VR sort of game, um, I thought it set up nicely. I enjoyed, um, what was her name? It was Loretta. L Loretta. Loretta in there. That was quite good. I want you, Loretta. <laughs> <laughs> and there was more funny kissing. That's the sort of theme that's uh, we've had this series almost. Well, I say theme. It's happened twice, I suppose. We had the kissing in Sirens and then the stupid kissing in this. I thought that was a good uh, switch of action to show him tonguing the air. <laughs> well, better, than, better than when he was Frenching that cockroach. <laughs> but um, uh, we're at Matty's and I can see there's a groinal attachment down here. <coughs> quite used, quite a lot. <laughs> oh, God's sake. You're the one with the VR. That groinal attachment's supposed to have a lifetime's guarantee. You've worn it out nearly three weeks. Great. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm I mean, the one you, away you do, and now I'm going to kill the you love your VR and all that sort of stuff, Matty. How did you like the uh, the depiction of it in the episode? I mean, it's the typical sort of, like, old-fashioned style VR where people seem to put a headset on and they are completely in that location. And for some reason, unable to take a headset off when you're in that world for some bizarre reason. But, yeah, it's that, it's that whole style, isn't it? I think that's how, back in those days, that's how VR was. You put this headset on and you were there all of a sudden. Well, maybe we are still heading there. I mean, we've had we've had AR in the in Red Dwarf before, obviously. Dan, anything to say about the VR attachments? <laughs> Not so much about the attachments. I like I like the opening. Actually, it was a, it was ne it was different, and I did quite like it. It was. I'm gonna. This is genuinely. I've, I've got. I've felt more negative about this episode than any I can remember, and I felt that uh, that, <laughs> went, that bit went on a bit. Um, <laughs> Dan's had a long week at work. It's Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there was a joke involved in about that. I wonder what you guys thought about it and whether it would get through today about the jailbait 
ball girl. Yes, the yeah the the um, the Wimbledon ball girl. Yes. Um, I I don't think that would be. Uh, that's one of those that wouldn't be done now, isn't it? Do you think? Well, I, I think he justified it. She was. Oh, he may have justified <laughs> it. Yes. I mean, <laughs> these things are always justified. <laughs> but as a joke, I don't think. That would be Interesting done. though that you know a week or so ago when they were offered you know when Lijon was uh, was uh, threatening to basically imprison them. He did basically say, you can have this entire AR deck and you can go and do whatever you want. They didn't want to do that. They wanted to go back on Starbug uh, with all the privations that that brings. And then Lister obviously uh, spent all his waking time basically doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Been on there all the time, hasn't he? <laughs> um, so, but anyway, let's talk about Lister a bit more then. So... Um, because they all had their characters. He was the knife man. Did did that work, Matt? The, all the characters. I'm skipping on a little bit, really, but. Um, yeah, it was it was all right. I think, apart from Dwayne, oh, I'm I'm skipping to to Cat just briefly. Apart from Dwayne Dibley, this is the best alternative cat character I think that there has been. Because when it was in, um, when he was the padre in mm. Dimension yeah, Jump. Time, yeah. And he was the um, the episode in series three that we all loved. It was like a never. Polymorph. Thank you. That I can never remember the title mm. of. He um, he was not very convincing in that, or had the least. Of, he had uh, the least fun stuff. Yes, he, he did. did. But like, I, I did like his um, sort of three amigos outfit and the little um, fl- flamenco music and dance every time he sort of like <laughs> said something. Yeah, the Riviera Kid. Yeah, that's it. The Riviera Kid. Well, I think what I'm going to do, I think I'm sort of thinking when we get to the end of Series 6, we need something to talk about. I'm thinking maybe we take a, a review of all these alternate characters that we've had and see how we fit mm-hmm. each one. So maybe that could be our talking point of over the whole series, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Not that we shouldn't talk about them today, but that would be quite interesting to sum up where we are with those. Well, Matthew from the future here. That didn't happen in the end. I did look at it and I felt as though we needed a few more maybe to get stuck into. So maybe in the future, future. Anyway, back to the past. I'm sure there'll be more to come after that. It's definitely, definitely something they love doing. Um, Did you like the Riviera Kid, Matty? I did like the Riviera Kid. Uh, That was quite... Yeah, it was quite insane because he can dance as well. You get the, you know, there John Jules can can dance, and you can see like when he was doing his little bait, he, he knew what he was doing. I think he had the funniest bits as well. Really, he had the shooting the bullets out of the the air, and he had the ricochet part mm-hmm. to get uh, Crichton on the head, which I thought was a, a nice moment. Myself, come on, Dan, give us something else you liked before we go into bits we didn't like. <laughs> give us something else you liked from this episode. <laughs> I liked the conceit where they chose their characters. Actually, I mean, I didn't. I don't play computer games now, but back in the day when I did, was probably this sort of era, to be fair. And you did. You <laughs> played a character with a particular sort of set of skills. And I, I, I quite liked that. I enjoyed Cat prompting them to do it as well. Oh, no, what could we possibly do? And Cat, who we all know and love for being the dumb one in the crew, was like, if only there was a way that we could get into his dreams using the thing that we just put in the first scene. I liked that. I, yeah, that was, a, that was a nice bit. But Cat had some good ideas that they went with. You're going to go with one of my plans? <laughs> Are you nuts? Yeah, I mean, that, that was a good line. Was it twice in a lifetime? <laughs> when you hurt, you hurt. But the, I, I think the conceit 
uh, was good, wasn't it, overall? I mean, obviously, a set of humanoid rogue semblance that don't like people who are humanoid seems a bit odd, but... But uh, that wasn't the, hey. the most original part of the of the episode, <laughs> was it? Are we we yet to come across any simulants that aren't rogue? There was rogue simulants. I thought the simulants were probably they seemed to be more threatening, and more menacing when it was just um, the man and the woman in on the ship. They were certainly more menacing, I believe, than they mm. were when they were being the sort of apocalypse cowboys, for want of a better word. Mm. Mm. But I mean, it's like, it's like they said. Uh, uh, how big is this zone of rogue simulants that they can't go around it or spot it coming to... I mean, Red Dwarf would have had to have gone through this uh, zone, well, I imagine. Well, a lot of happened in three million years, isn't it? You know, this is since... you know. Well, no, but what just... I'm saying is they're chasing Red Dwarf and that Red Dwarf's gone through it. Can they, they, they really mm. can't divert? But they might have taken a shortcut. I have to say, we, we've still got uh, we've still got Cat as being put in charge of stuff because of his nose. Keep his they, nose peeled. Which they discovered in season six. And yet... Um, he is able to sniff out some things, but not, yes, a large zone of rogue simulants. Yeah, again, I think it is my ongoing complaint. That was just a sort of like a line for the cat at that point. Uh, but mm-hmm. There you go. But there you go. We'll, we'll move on from that. OK, let's do things that didn't work there. Matt, <laughs> Matt you, you said you had a couple. Do, do you want to go first or should I allow someone else to take their turn? You can let somebody else take their turn, I think. That would be very sportsmanship of me. OK, okay. Uh, Matty. Have you got anything you thought didn't work about this episode then for you? We know Dan has. <laughs> the accents of some of the people trying to be American. Yeah, they, was weren't, Dick they weren't all great, were they? Yeah, they weren't that great. You're right. Yeah. It was, there was one guy, it was the, 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 the big guy who threw up in his hat. Now what about the insult? He was going English-American, English-American, English-American within the same sentences. It was, it was quite a skill. <laughs> I mean, I've heard you do better American accents on stage. I've heard you do better Spanish accents, well, but not you... against that. Exactly. <laughs> now then, children, come on, play nicely. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I thought the... It's one of those jokes that's not particularly amusing to me, sort of like take a drink or something and then go, oh, it's quite... Uh, uh, you know, that's... All the funny voices no. that they were doing, the cat and, cat and list of the... I liked that. Oh, did you? Yes, Sorry. I did. No, no, it's, no, I'm not offended. No, 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 I'm, I'm really sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're sat next to him. I think it's one of those... Uh, I, did, I, did I mention it last week about going into reverse in, in, in cars, not being very funny, and you said you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So it's obviously the, these type of jokes that whatever whatever reason. I mean, it did lead on to him. I did like the the line of that guy, though, Matty. Beans up in his hat. <laughs> but it made Rimmer bean up in that guy's hat, so it did lead on to something. Um, what what about you, Matt? Well, my problems um, on this the episode seem to be in the form of I think they were mistakes. Um, first of all, when they were on Starbug, flying into the moon, uh, and Rimmer was saying let's let's go in the escape pod, and Lister said it's not an option. It was um, it escaped last Thursday, but they'd been asleep. They'd been asleep for three weeks, so how would they know that? Well, last Thursday from when they remember being awake, I imagine. All right, okay, I'll, I, we, might, we, I might give you that one. We can look over that one. All right, uh, the big guy, the the big bloke, you're a fat bearded git that could knock out a grizzly with uh, uh, um, okay with your breath. He didn't have a beard. He had the smallest amount of stubble, and that's. <laughs> 
that is not a beard. I kind of thought, hello. I, right. But actually, as a joke, I thought that was one of the best jokes of it. What about the what about the insult? Okay, you okay, can't be okay, that was good. All right, then I'm not convinced. But and the final one, which I think is probably the biggest mistake, is. Rimmer did, there was the Rimmer first fight scene, which I actually thought he was really good at, and he claps his hand, he claps his hands and says, right then, chaps. There was the things in their hands about, well, before it got, they got the VR machine got a virus, oh. about them clapping their hands and then um, and they would be uh, sent back to um, to normality. So I thought, hang on, he's just clapped his hands. <laughs> that's, 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 is, is that a mistake? Is this what took you out of the episode, Dan? I mean, uh, to be honest, as a really nerdy, geeky complaint, I like it. <laughs> but at the same time, we probably shouldn't worry well, about it too much. I'm, I'm not, not worried about it. It's just, you know, <laughs> nor am I a nerd or a geek. Thank you very I, much. I said a nerdy, geeky complaint. Yeah, whatever. Uh, if you want to take it as the whole thing. Well, uh, yes. Well, We're recording a Red Dwarf podcast. A uh, Red Dwarf podcast. Don't, don't come the I'm not a nerdy geek. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. That, that line doesn't work here. Yeah, all right, okay. <laughs> and and we welcome all you listeners to. A uh, Red Dwarf podcast. <laughs> apologies, apologies for some of the language you just heard. <laughs> so, Dan... Dan. What is it? A uh, Red Wolf podcast. No, no. So, so yeah. So, presumably, you got one or two things you felt didn't work, other than just you didn't find it funny. I didn't think, oh, that bit didn't work. It spoiled it for me. I just genuinely felt that, you know, having been, yeah, I, I think I said at the start, I think it was just, it was, we were going over old ground and we weren't getting, I didn't feel like I was getting as much from it. We had, you know, Better Than Life again, or, you know, the, the, the immersive video games again. And, and you know they used it for a purpose this time, so that bit was okay. But it, it, we didn't do enough. We had another version of Space Core Directives. It's embarrassing as much as anything else. Uh, this time it wasn't oh, Space Core Directive. No, interesting, interesting that um, again, like Space Core Directives, though. Fair enough. I did like but, the fact that they put in a rule about car parking before you know <laughs> working out, working out actually how we bring peace to the world. You know, <laughs> but I mean, you, every week when I brought this up, you've often said, "Well, you know, as long as it's still funny and you're enjoying it." And for me, that's where I was. And this, this it snapped so this week, did it? it? It did. You know, we had that. We had Cat's nose. Rim as a coward. They riffed on that again. We had Curry again. Rogue Simulants again. And it, you know, it was like it was almost like the greatest hits. By a covers band. <laughs> it's, it's it was being harsh, isn't it? Well, he was. He th- are you basically saying that that was this was the Red Dwarf equivalent of Stars on Forty Five? The Stars on Forty Five keep on turning in your mind, but we can work it out. Remember, twist the shout. You'll still not tell me why and no reply. Be excited, be, be excited, be, be 
excited. A Red Dwarf podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that, I've got to look that up and record that. But put it on. Yeah, you go, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, but I, I like, and they changed it from Space Core Directive, and again they did riff on it, and just you just can't let one go, can you? I mean, it's embarrassing more than anything. <laughs> I thought it. I yeah, you've humiliated me in front of a xenophobic genocidal maniac. No, no offense. offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. I liked it. I liked it. Matty, you're not the, the most negative one this week. Anything else to say? No. Oh. <laughs> that, have we gone through your notes, have we? No, I, I think, to be honest, I think the perfect way to explain this episode is that, that this is the cover band greatest hits version Yeah, of, of the episode. I completely agree with that. I think that's what we have had. Everything that happened in this episode, we have had happen in one form or another. It was a case of bring it all together. But I think that's been happening for a while. I mean, last week I made my long list of recurring jokes and I didn't actually feel as though there was quite as much this week. Yeah, there were some. We've talked about Smeghead and obviously the Space Corps Directive type thing. And yes, we have their character traits that we know and used to love, it sounds like. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't feel as though it was quite as much, really. I'm not saying... I did like this episode, but yeah, it's, it's never... I, I think because of the Western thing, again, happening so quickly, it felt as though maybe there were missed opportunities there to really get some good stuff out of it. Because like you said, Dan, the first scene did go on quite a while, and I, did, and I liked that scene quite a lot, but it felt as though that maybe it took time away from more stuff they could have done in the, the Western I think we stuff. remarked a lot certainly in the early days that um, and it wasn't necessarily a problem but it was something that we noticed they would spend 10 maybe 15 minutes of the runtime setting it up mm. then you'd meet the gribbly of the week and then it would all be sorted um, at roll credits whereas uh, and sometimes we're saying oh some some scenes overran and you could have used that time for something else I didn't dislike the VR opening scene but some of the rest of it did feel a bit rushed and yeah, I might have thought about using some of that time differently. I don't know if I felt it was rushed, just maybe they could have done a Perhaps. bit more, Perhaps. maybe. I mean, I don't know how they go about writing it, really, not having sat down and written a sitcom myself, you know, and, and doing all the planning and working out. Yeah. I wonder how they structure it, whether they say, well, I've got this idea, let's write this Western stuff, and then they feel as though they've got enough to cover that. What else do we need? Fill this bit out. Fill this bit out. I don't know. What do you think? Mm. What do you think, Matt? Well, I would say this one as well. This is where I have a... Um, so this also got a certain woman who's still quite well known in quite a bit of trouble this episode. A Janet Street Porter. Um, is this another thing where you so say you're going to trouble and you don't tell us what it was? <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm going to I'm about to. I'm making the most of the facts of the week here. So Janet Street Porter, then a BBC executive, read the script and said it was absolutely impossible to shoot and then told the producers to discard it and write a different episode. Then on very public, um, publicly said that that episode would not be made. She was then informed that it had just wrapped the day before. And that's a fact. Oh, I don't know why you'd look at it and think it couldn't be made compared to other Red Dwarf. That doesn't. That sounds a bit bizarre, doesn't it? Really, half it's set on Starbug, some of it's in an alley in a car, and here we have a street with a wooden cabin in. I mean, <laughs> doesn't seem that hard to me. 
I wonder where it was filmed. Because um, I don't think it was abroad. So Beamish. <laughs> no, the um, the kind of the um, the Western Village. So that was filmed in Laredo, Wild West Town in Kent. Is that a fact? Thanks. I wonder, I wonder if it still exists. I mean, obviously, we could go and visit in the future. Field trip. I will have a look. No, no doubt. I can in addition tell you. To their normal tour yes, it still exists. It is a. It is mainly it is a filming location. Um, it's also open to visitors. It's just twenty miles from the centre of London, and it all comes complete with uh, bathroom facilities included. Excellent. That's what we need. Okay. Whatever. I mean, it wasn't exactly. It's just. It's just a. Well, I don't know how big that place actually is, but it didn't seem that huge, did it? Really, I didn't seem I, like it was difficult. I don't to film know how how a good Janet Street Porter was as a BBC executive. To be honest, she used to be the editor of the Sunday Independent and been doing the job for two years before she realised she had to read the damn thing. So <laughs> you know, maybe she's still looking for her. But I mean, obviously, we we're talking about the Western stuff. Um, it was a bit of. And even say it in the episode himself, so, well, why is it a Western? I don't know. It just must be the way he's processing it. So, like, so yeah. <laughs> let's have an excuse for a Western, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, why was it a Western? I did think, why the four horsemen? But I suppose they just thought of horses and four people to counter our uh, four and characters. And that's, I guess, why the, yeah. they, they, they call the episode the gunmen of the apocalypse. Mm. But, uh, Matty, come on, did you not even love it when, like, war was continually whacking Rimmer over the head with that fence post? <laughs> I did, I did. In fact, there are more bits I thought of now that I'm quite insane. But it's funny you're saying about them using an excuse for making the world west. Because from what we have picked up, there's been quite a few times where they've kind of referenced shows that were made around that time, like last week, yeah, bits like Ghostbusters and things like that. That was made, um, you know, that was done only three years after the likes of Back to the Future 3. And I think that was probably would have been like on trend at the time. And I think the idea of mixing the, the modern with the Wild West type of thing was done um, back to the Future. I reckon it was almost half like a nod to that. Yeah, possibly. I don't think those things were ne ever out of fashion too much yeah i mean obviously the the making westerns from the 50s and 60s had died down a little bit but um people always liked westerns to a degree didn't they um i, I still mm. think there's a lot of good stuff in this episode uh, i mean i wasn't really really looking forward to it at, in some ways not not looking forward to it but but uh yeah there's still more stuff to go here um i really like the cat's line um, when they're talking about upgrading the ship. And They've even got rid of the squeak on the seat tilt control. Cat <laughs> <laughs> did have some good lines. He, he, he definitely had the best moves. He, yeah, he, he, had some, he had some very good lines. He had some very good ideas. And some very good teeth. He had some very good teeth. <laughs> I mean, that looked hilarious upside down with the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I love that upside down bit. Rimmer's, uh, Lister's tongue thing yeah. at the end. And then then trying to secretly get the eyes back to Crichton. But, but even a Crichton putting the eyes in was a great moment, you know, sort of like you, you might not have thought they were Crichton's eyes and then just that little touch in and putting them back in was, was uh, really funny, yeah. doing his double take like the he did back in time slides. <laughs> Looking at those photographs. <laughs> now, the uh, the main simulant baddie, or, you know, Death, he was um, he's quite an accomplished actor, isn't he? Yeah, been uh, quite a few things. Dennis Lil. Only Fools and Horses. He was in Only Fools and Horses. Outside Edge. Yes, he was yeah. He was a doctor in that Heartbeat spin-off programme that I can't remember the name of. Um, been in a couple of Doctor Who's. Yeah, yeah. he was um, He was in Edward He the was Seven. also in Batman. 
in Batman. Yep, 1989 version Batman. Yeah, no, no, I've seen it in quite a lot of things. Um, it's good. It's good. Um, right, I don't, I don't think there's loads of themes to talk about too much in this, though, is there really? In a philosophy corner. Is there? That's not, not a great I don't deal, think so. No, it really was about the sci-fi story in this one, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, and, and they found a, a different medium different medium to do it and yeah i mean you know we could probably do a we could probably do a catalogue of all the all the films that they may or may not uh, have been nodding to at various different times so you know you not just in this episode but they mm. they do do it quite a lot don't they we, oh, definitely yeah. they love a pastiche they, they do, do love a pastiche, pastiche. yes you could definitely look at you could definitely see a bit of back to the future in there gumshoe you you mentioned uh, you mentioned um the three amigos mm-hmm. um, which uh, i rewatched uh, a couple of months ago yeah, well, not as brilliant as I remember no. it, but I still enjoyed it. He didn't put me in mind of, uh, of Martin Short, though. So. I, the last time I watched that, watched that film, I was at university and drunk, and we were then doing the the the, the dance, the dance <gasps> kind of thing. Yeah, there's a couple of a couple of nice moments in it. I don't think it holds together that well overall. But hey, back uh, to Red Dwarf, the Three Amigos <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, I mean that they obviously escaped from the simulants. Luckily, there's no other rogue simulants in this. Rogue simulant zone. No, just two of them. <laughs> just the two. And it turns out that they um, upgraded Starbuck to the extent that they could blow them up. I mean, that was. I mean, yes, I know they wanted to give themselves a bit of a chase, but they weren't the smartest. It did. It, there was a line in there saying "fluke hit." Yes, there was, but it was yeah, not not not. How have these simulants lasted this long? It was a fluke hit. That's all I'm saying. I kind of didn't really know what was going on at that point. <laughs> I just kind of... It was like Running Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just... Um, I thought I could go back and rewatch it. Then I just thought, no, 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 keep going. No, there wasn't that much going on. They just upgraded stuff so they could have more fun chasing them. They still weren't good enough to beat them, but they turned around, did a fluke hit, and <laughs> then blew them up, and then that's why they uploaded the virus to get them. Ah, uh, right. That's okay. What, I was taking Matty's place this week. Did you get what was going on, Matty? Yeah, I kind of. I think so. Well done. <laughs> Go with that. But yes, they escaped, and there's no more around, so it's good. So, I mean, in the continuing arc to catch Red Dwarf, hopefully their upgraded Starbug now will help them out. I I can't actually remember Dan whether they make reference to it being upgraded for the rest of the series or. I can't either, but of course next time, uh, next time, Cat suggests we just break out the laser cannons. There won't be two minor, two minor flaws with that no, problem. No, they've got them. They now have laser cannons. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see if that's mentioned next time, shall we? Okay. Okay. We'll have upgrade, mm. upgrade watch with a bit of luck. It might help them catch up to Red Dwarf. That's what that's what I mean. Yeah. Engines improved and uh, and 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 shoot whatever it is they come into. Because what was it at the end of last week? They come across at the end of Legion. There were thirty-two people they'd met. Now it's thirty-four. So. Um, should we? Uh, well, is there anything else we want to add before we do a, another round, another sweep of things we enjoyed about this episode? If we can find any more, <laughs> I'm, I'm chortling looking at some of the things I pulled out of this episode. There were bits in it that I did enjoy. I did. Let me stress. Okay. I didn't not like. Are you sure? This. It's Red Dwarf, and I really like Red Dwarf. I just was left flat in a way that I haven't been. I'm really struggling not waiting for the lag on the video when talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole new concept. It's quite difficult. <laughs> no, I know, I know. And we're up and down in the, um, our analysis. Um, well, I'm, I think I enjoyed it slightly more than I expected, really. Uh, Matt, do you want to give us something else then that you enjoyed for our final round? 
Okay, one final then for me. Um, Rimmer saying to Kat, we've all got something to bring to this discussion and what you should bring is silence. <laughs> we should soundbite that, definitely. Yes. Uh, <laughs> can't imagine why we might need that. Matty, got anything else? No. Nothing else from you. That's very helpful. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm trying to... The only other thing I was going to say before was when um, they did the uh, their Upside Down Aliens... The thing, the thing we've mentioned the, several the, times. The... <laughs> Sorry? The thing we've mentioned several times already. Yes, that's the best I can come up with. Uh, okay. Please move well, on. Well done for coming up with something we've talked You're about. You're only in Cardiff. You're not on Jupiter or something. <laughs> uh, are we broadcasting on all frequencies and all languages, including Welsh? Clearly <laughs> Including <not>. Welsh. <laughs> that's the mistake. Well, I'm going to go for... I mean, we haven't mentioned it. I think I've devised a fair and equitable system of choosing who should survive. It's based on age rank, seniority, usefulness. To cut a long story short, it's me. Yeah, I know, I couldn't believe you either. So I did a recap and blow me if it wasn't me again. <laughs> classic Rimmer. Come on, Dan, it come was, on, knock us dead. It was classic Rimmer. I also uh, enjoyed a, a bit of, even in character, uh, a bit of a bit of classic uh, Crichton. Yeah. If you'll forgive the somewhat confrontational imperative, Go for your guns, you scum-sucking mollusks. Yeah, good, good, good. Right, well, uh, I think we've done this episode justice. <laughs> I think some of us have, anyway. Yeah, Love justice. Look, I'm normally the one saying, no, I loved it, there was nothing wrong Which with it. Which is why we're surprised, Dan. I'm just, you know. to, I'm just trying to mix up my shtick, you know. <laughs> See you in Consider person. your shtick mixed. See you in person for the first time in six months, you're an immutable bastard. <laughs> I'll go back online next week. <laughs> Okay, well, we better say cheerio then. So it's cheerio from me, Matthew. It's cheerio from me, Matt. It's cheerio from me, Matty. And it's cheerio from me, Dan. See you later, everyone. Matty, what about you? Um, <laughs> we're, we're experiencing um, delay on the line. To we do it. we do this every week. It's not the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh no! Um, oh, I had it written down and I've lost it. I'm not as good when I'm not at my desk. Um, and that's bad enough. Red Dwarf Fact of the Week. <laughs> <laughs>